0: Kevin Weissman, welcome inside the crazy ant farm, man. How are you? What's going on? What's going on? Justin and Logan. That's right. (laughs) Are there actual ants? Exactly. Yes, we are the actual ants, and we are actually crazy, so, you know. (laughs) I hope you're ready. That's right. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) There he goes. Hope everybody enjoyed the interview. That's right, man. Before we can <laughs> yeah, yeah. even thank him. Uh, seriously though, man, we wanted to make sure I sounded good. That was it. Yeah. No, no, no. Hello. You're you're great, man. Okay. Um. Seriously though, okay. thank you so much for coming on because we have so many fans of your. Obviously, Runaways is a huge hit. We've got so many Marvel fans that you know. We've had a lot of the Daredevil people on, and just you know, it's a it's been a huge phenomenon. We've got a lot of listeners there out there, and then dude, we've got a massive Scorpion following, dude. So yeah. they're pretty pump that yeah. you're on as well. So they're, You know what,
1: the Scorpion fans are amazing. The Runaway fans as well. <clears throat> but there's something about the Scorpion fans online. They have a really strong presence. They are constantly tweeting and posting photos on Instagram, wanting to save the show. I get messages when is the show coming back? And I... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not the studio. Right. I'm <laughs> an actor. I, I wish I could get all of the amazing fans uh, the wishes to, to bring the show back but unfortunately I don't have that, that power right. and now I'm getting that uh, up from the Runaways as well as, it, as it's coming to a close and I, I get people asking me about the return of Alias yes so, again I'd say unfortunately I'm not Bob Iger uh, and I can't uh, I can't just uh, you know I wish I could. I wish
0: I could. Right. Make it. See, that's so funny because that. Yeah. I, uh, all of that I want to talk to you about because yeah, you have been yeah. fortunate enough to have been in some like massive hits and and that had huge fan followings. Like I said, Alias. I mean, Marshall just scene stealer every single time, dude. Every single time. Oh, I, nice, I was a man. huge Thanks. fan of the character. And then I think when everybody saw Jennifer Garner and Peppermint and it was such a huge hit, everybody started talking like, "Oh, she's back. Let's bring Alias back." So are you down with that? Would you totally be down with revisiting Alias if it happened?
1: I would. You know, I, I think as with any television show or film, I think it really just depends on if the folks who were creating the narrative came up with something interesting, an interesting way back in. Right. Because you're really setting yourself up for disappointment with a lot of these things, and I I think we've seen that, right, when they try to bring something back, and oftentimes it's impossible to live up to the fans' expectations. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that really did it was, for me, was this great, well, I thought the X-Files revival was, was, this recent one was really good on television.
2: Right. I don't know
1: if you, did you guys see that? Absolutely. And then also the, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the, uh, the Karate Kid, uh, reboot on YouTube, I mm. thought was really
3: fantastic. Yeah, Cobra Kai. Yeah. They,
1: right. They both had very interesting ways in back into the characters
3: mm-hmm. and into the world. So
1: just to this, I thought I think I think if JJ were to want to do it and the actors were uh, to jump on board, they they would have to find a really interesting way to bring it back, as opposed to just kind of going
3: back to where you know we. We were because Sydney would now be 20 years older. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. I mean, Dustin and I talk Maybe about it. daughter. her <laughs> daughter. Her daughter. Yeah, that'd be e- awesome. Exactly. New storyline and all that stuff. I mean, Dustin and I talk about all the time with all these reboots happening, it has to be done right. Which is
1: hard. I and mean, people don't realize, you know, I have a lot of writer friends. It, it's not easy. I mean, I have some friends who write on the blacklist. I did a few episodes of those. And mm-hmm. It's just so complicated. You know, I mean, there's just so many pieces to try to craft these narratives. And I think audiences are really savvy and smart, and they really expect a high level of storytelling. So I think it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it would be, to answer your question, yes, I would totally be. <laughs> I think it would have to, I, I think it would have to be something. Where they could they could get into it from a, a fresh perspective.
0: Absolutely, I'm saying.
1: But I would love to work with those people. You know, the writers on that show it was like an all star lineup. Mm-hmm. You have you know Kurtzman and Orsi, Alex Kurtzman and Bob Orsi. They yep. went on to do incredible work, right, with Star Trek. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Um, out. they've got the new Star Trek coming on with um, uh, some of the
2: original cast. They've got. I mean, I, they, the list goes on. Scorpion. Yep.
1: uh Alex's company, and then you've got. <laughs> Uh, Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec, those guys have gone on to do great, Drew Goddard, uh, who's gone on to do amazing things, obviously JJ, um, the actors have all gone on to do really well, so it it was an amazing time to, to be working, I didn't really realize it, because I was pretty young at the time and it was an early job for me, and... I had been working, but that was a big job, and and I just thought, oh, well, everything I work on is going to be
0: an amazing group of writers and mm-hmm.
1: actors. It hasn't always been the
0: case. man was wrong. I'll tell you what, though. I think the thing that, that makes you get onto these projects that are just like people love so much, I think your characters are always unique, dude. They're always quirky. They always have this, like personality that just draws you, you know, to the character. And I I, I think you have yeah. killed it that way, bro. Like, on every, it just seems like every character you play, you're like this guy everybody's rooting for, you know? And, and I just think it's <laughs> great, man. Well, that's really nice of you to say. I,
1: I appreciate that because I think, you know, I, I come from the theater, and that's my background. And, you know, I think in, in the theater, you, you, you don't really have an opportunity to once you're performing, obviously stop and analyze what you're doing. You have to kind of just plow forward like a freight train, right? So it's not really relating to what you're saying, but I think i always just figured, you know what, let's not worry about what happens. Let's just keep it alive. And honest and interesting, which is what you have to do in the live theater because anything can happen at any time, mm-hmm. and you you know what I mean. Like, and you cannot stop. So it, it's it's uh, it's just a way that I approach characters, which is like let's just uh, and this isn't as much related to the theater, but let's just be as real as possible. Let's be let's just have real people as opposed to you know the, there seems to be kind of a when I started doing Alias, there was kind of a new wave of acting, which was a very, you know, understated... I don't know this thing where young actors thought that realism was, well, I'm just going to be really quiet and soft. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Like, on a lot of these shows, emo- emotional moments and shows, it's like, oh, wait a minute. But that's a, and, they, and so they take being really quiet, soft, and uninteresting... As being realistic or as being natural—that's what they're thinking natural is. But when you study in the theater, you realize well, being natural is really just listening,
3: right? right? Agreeing and, and, and
1: being, being present. So you know, we're talking, we're talking over each other. You know, I'm, I'm thinking while I'm talking, so I'm stumbling or interrupting myself, or you're laughing or I'm laughing. Like that's what being alive is. That's what life is. So exactly. That's what I do was like, hey, let's try to replicate this on television. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just be real people as you see in film uh, oftentimes or on stage or in life? But it wasn't happening as much on TV. I mean, you had it a little bit like with NYPD Blue and
2: right. with um, some of these shows, right, where people were
1: starting to kind of be real people and gritty. And I just was like, that's what I want to do. That's how I'm going to audition if... I get jobs, great. If not, what well, <laughs> <hopefully even> happens? <laughs> like
3: it is what it is.
1: But yeah, like and I just I would always be really prepared, you know, with the material. And I'm not saying that I would not honor the writing, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like just being really present and making it as alive as possible. And and you know there are great great actors who do that. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, who one of my one of my favorites. You know, Sam Rockwell, definitely. You know, obviously Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, these guys are like. with the very thing we're talking about like they take the the material on the page and they elevate it to Make it you know as real as possible, and then you get people you work with like
0: Elias Cabell, and these great actors who are right there with you, and, and it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Absolutely. Well, I he's think the lead on, he's the lead on Scorpio for those who
2: don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry, everybody knows. Um, <laughs> like I said, he, uh, at least all of our listeners. Um, like I said, though, I think that's what that works for you because uh, what makes all your characters so so unique and what draws them to is the realism. I feel like you can connect to your characters. Because there's somebody in there. You know, I think all the viewers can be like, I can relate to him. I've been there. I've done that. I've felt that. So I think that's what works so well for you.
3: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that's what happens when you bring real-life situations into your roles. Like you said, I mean, it makes people connect with it so much more, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, I thank you for saying that. Because I think, you know, I would get a lot of people after Alias aired and and they would ask me, like, oh, are, are you really good at, you know, computer technology and I was like no don't ask me any questions um, because you know I would just I just like to commit you know and, I, and, and honestly like I learned that from people like Tom Cruise or like you watch these guys when I was younger I'm like that motherfucker is committing
2: you
3: know, he's committing
1: to be a bartender he's
3: committing to
1: uh, a football player in this great book of all the right moves. You know, and and, and whatever people think about Thomas, I
0: think he's a great actor. He commits. You yeah,
1: know, I, I, mean, I just like people. Yeah, dude. Even when I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman in Twister. you remember
0: Twister? Yes, he was Dusty. Of uh-huh. course I remember Twister, man. He, uh, that's my name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, he didn't have a big part. He was like in a group. Yeah, so I was yeah. I like, look at that guy committing. Who was that guy? Right. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, just I was like, that's what you have to do as an actor. You have to commit because you can't be afraid. You know what I mean? And that's my thing. It's like I'm, you know, um, I went to college with Jack Black. He's another
0: uh, example. Oh you yeah, know, definitely. Just goes for it. Absolutely, you know, man. Love yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you got to take it and run with it. And, like, you know, I'm glad you brought up Seymour uh, Hoffman in uh, Twister because Dusty stands out. Like you said, it wasn't a huge role, but it's a memorable role for sure. Exactly.
1: Yeah, like, it's not on the page. It's not like they wrote this great part for Dusty in Twister. He was just a guy who had some lines, but, like, in the group scenes. And I remember this when they're all uh, looking up and there's a Twister coming in and, like, he's just going for it. And he's, like, in it and nobody told i guarantee you nobody told him to do that he just made a choice he yep. was confident you know and it's scary it's, it's a little scary sometimes to do that like when you're a young actor you're like all right i'm just gonna go for it and uh you just have to have the confidence that you know nobody you have to have the confidence to fail you know what i mean that it's okay
0: absolutely and
1: you have to,
3: take risks. Yeah, you know? I mean, exactly. I mean, we hear time and time again that it's 90% auditioning and 10% actually acting, so 90% of the time, you are getting no's and critiques, so you have to be a very confident person to keep moving forward, especially if you have some producers or directors that kind of are assholes. So, <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting
1: you said that, because, yes, a lot of the times they, producer-directors are not necessarily assholes. They just have so much insecurity as
3: well. Right? They're exactly.
1: Trying to get the next job, and so your job as an actor is not to be uh, seeking approval, right? It's to just be a peer mm-hmm. and another and just a, a valuable asset. Do you know what I mean? Like they want it's. it's, it's I would almost. I would almost say. 90% of directing is casting. So if you yes. can, because I've, I've done some directing as well mm-hmm. theater, producing, I've produced some films and if you can get a great actor in there, like I, I hired Brian Cranston on this indie film I, I did years ago with Michael Gordon and we knew, I mean, Brian was a friend, he did us a favor, but I was like, oh, he's going to be great. Like, I don't, I'm de- like we're done. Like that role is done. He, right. he's a great actor and he's going to be fantastic. And, uh, so, at that point, if I'm not talking to Brian or giving him praise, it doesn't mean I don't think he's great. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know you're gonna be great. Like, you're gonna be great. And so, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you can get someone in there that you that you know is gonna, is just gonna do the job, like that actor shouldn't, at that point, be seeking any approval. But what you're saying is, yes, there is a lot of rejection, 100%, <laughs> 100 oh, yeah, for every job that I've gotten, there's so many I didn't get. But I also, I also feel like what I tell actors is you know, you're, you're not really auditioning for that job, you're auditioning for the next job. Mm-hmm. You're auditioning just to, to make fans because there are things out of your control. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of times they'll go with somebody a different age or a different ethnicity or, you know, whatever your energy, it just wasn't right for that piece. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be like super prepared, always be prepared always go in with a choice, make a strong choice, be present, and you know, be professional. Get in, do it, make your choices, and move on about your day. Like, it's not about, you're not gonna, getting the job doesn't make you more valuable of a human being.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. What makes you valuable is that you respect yourself after the audition, right? That you're you're like, hey, I, I did everything I could do. I was prepared, I was, I, I, I wasn't seeking approval.
2: Mm-hmm. I was just making a choice.
1: I was doing the work. And at the end of the day, that's all you can do. There's a great YouTube video that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, you can watch of him talking about auditioning, which is which is basically about that, basically saying like, look, the audition, somebody paid for this space. They're giving you an opportunity to do it. That's all that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't, the, the result isn't what you should be concerned about unless, you know, you, you absolutely 100 percent need to pay your rent. You have like literally, literally zero money, which we've all been in that situation.
2: But, <laughs> oh yeah,
1: right. I mean, yes. At the end of the day, it's a business, but y- you know, you really have to remove the ego. Yeah, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, right. Like it's not about. Ba- it doesn't matter. Like nobody really cares. No one knows you didn't get that job except you. Exactly. Or, but it doesn't even matter if you don't get the job. Like just be professional. I can't tell you how many times I've not gotten a job and then a couple years later that person will hire me. Like, hey, you were great in that thing, you just weren't right for that, but you're right for this. Right, right.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
3: I mean, we've had a lot of people on our show talk about that too. I mean, Jason Warner Smith, who's an Atlanta actor, and auditioned for The Walking Dead like 10 times, 10 plus times, but then they kept putting his... Uh, resume in a folder saying oh, he's it, the right part just hasn't come yet, the right part just hasn't come yet so you just yeah, have to there you go. making connections man for future stuff like you said and I like what you said too about the actors and producers as well because they're normally depicted as the mean people and everything, but we're all just anxious people. So we're all just trying to make the best possible product. So it makes sense that, I mean, just trying to get the best out of someone, especially if you have someone like Brian Cranston, that's just, oh, he's awesome. So, I mean, I really don't have to put as much pressure on him as I do other people that, yeah, that completely makes sense. Right. And obviously I'm, I'm using
1: an example of a, of a wonderful actor, but it's, it's uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, and unfortunately only one person could get the job, right? right. But that doesn't mean that there weren't a lot of people that were great and you know, again, all you could do in the audition is just like, make a strong choice, be present, listen, like you know, if, if, if you're gonna, go, if an actor's going in for an audition, be super prepared but also be open to, you know, whatever inspires you at in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know
2: Absolutely. What I mean?
1: um but you can only do that if you're prepared if you're not prepared and you try to just be inspired it's kind of like well you know it's like it's like it could be
3: brian that guy would like play that guy would practice like non-stop and he's already good exactly right
2: right
1: <laughs> but he was just like i'm gonna be so prepared and then once the game starts i'm just gonna let a game come to me that's okay. it i love or, that. like or right or, or jerry garcia like you know great guitar player like The guy's a great guitar player, but like he's, I'm in the moment, I'm gonna improvise, I'm going to just listen to the other musicians and I'm going to go for it, you know, and the audience responds. Yep, you know. exactly. By the way, for, for you younger listeners,
0: he's in a band called The Yeah, the Great <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's hilarious, oh, see, I man. knew that one. He knew, I knew that, that one. one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And There's I do... an ice cream named after him. That's right. right. Him. I really do like the fact that you brought up the producer, though, and the pressure that that guy's under or that woman is under, because, I mean, think oh, yeah. about it. You're taking somebody's money and you're betting on the fact that it's going to make the money back, and let's let's be honest, most of the time it does not. And, and I mean, right. just the pressure that they're under alone to have to try to cast people or hire above-the-line, below-the-line crew and all these people, I mean, I can't even imagine the daily grind that they must go through, and nobody knows them. You, you know, you get a few Uber producers that you recognize the name, but pretty much nobody knows who that is, and, and the pressure that they're under is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a business...
1: Uh, that, you know, the fact that any show makes it on the air at all is kind of a miracle. Yep. Um, let alone a show being approved to get made, like the pilot. Like, you look at something like Scorpion. I mean, that show had an incredible run and the fans were incredible. But it's also, like, really expensive to make. Yep. There's huge set pieces. There's a lot of action.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm sure the reason at the end of the day after five amazing years was, uh, yeah, know, that I think it's, like, cost a lot of money, uh, I think. I mean, I don't know what the reason was, but it was weird because the ratings were really good, and I'm sure your listeners can attest to that. The ratings were really solid. I'm not really sure why they're so up here. So I'm sure I'm going to get some tweets asking me why, but I honestly don't know. But. I just know that it wasn't Ray's fault.
0: Right? No, it definitely was not Ray's <laughs> no. fault. I mean, dude, you were living in a trailer, okay? You were good. You weren't. You were saving money. You were good.
1: <laughs> and and, and Elliot and I have become really good friends. He's a wonderful guy, a very charitable, great actor. And I was, I'm so happy to get to meet him uh, and work with him. Everybody was great, but my point is is that you know people don't realize how much money
0: goes into making these shows. Yep, and you know,
1: everybody doesn't also realize that like you have like eight to nine days to shoot an entire episode. Mm -hmm. It's like shooting a movie every week. Right. So you have so many departments from wardrobe to hair and makeup, to the actors, to the props department, you know, that have to obviously be compensated financially, but also like everyone's under a lot of, you know, strain to get it done. Right. And, um, So the producers are just really busy, and and it's uh, it's. I don't think anybody necessarily sets out to be a bad person in this industry, you know, except for Harvey Weinstein. I
0: think that uh, (laughs) agreed. Agreed. You
1: can quote me on you can quote me on that
0: one. Oh yeah, no, Uh, we love that. You're good.
1: (laughs) I think that it's just people are under a lot of pressure, you know. and it's a lot of money at stake and people's careers, and so I think people probably just get a little overwhelmed. I I honestly have not met any, you know, the people that make it really far in this business are generally good people. I mean, some of the, the biggest movie stars that I've met uh, are really nice people, people like Tom Hanks and <laughs> Colin Farrell. Like they're just great, yeah. great guys. Like they, they appreciate where
0: where they are. Well, but again, those are actors. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because I want to give a couple shout outs to you from a, from a few people, former guests we've had on, oh. uh, Riley B. Smith and Spencer Garrett. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer Garrett uh, saw you were coming on and said to tell you hi as well, um, and bring up Robbers, uh, a film you guys did a while back. Oh, Spencer, yes. But, um, yes. I love Spencer. That guy works all the time. Yeah, did he? Was he... he was he on your show? He was, man. We've had, we've had Spencer and Riley on and and they're both Uh-oh. fantastic, man. Spencer, Spencer's just the nicest guy ever, but what I wanted to tell you is they echo that towards you. Yeah. They they have said that you are one of the nicest people they have ever met. You are kind, you treat the crew well, you treat your fellow actors well. You know, and there there is oh, no above wow. the line, below the line to you. It's everybody's a person and you treat everybody. So I just wanted to pass that along and Spencer did say hi, so hi. Um <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah, Spencer, um, he's a great
1: actor and uh, so happy for his success. And Riley is a sweet kid. And when I met him, he was like, how old is he now?
0: Yeah, teenager now, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's getting yeah. up there. <laughs>
1: but the weird thing is, he was like nine years old, I think, and he was like, hey, I've watched the entire Alias uh, series. <laughs> They're actually a lot taller in person. I was like, wait a minute, hold on a
3: second. Like, time out, time out. Yeah, that sounds like Riley. Right. I
1: guess, thank you, thank you, kid. And uh, B, what do you mean you watched the entire series? You're nine. I don't know if this is age appropriate, <laughs> but that kid was uh, is intelligent beyond his ears agreed
0: his ears. man right. agreed right. it was yeah. like we were having a conversation with a grown adult when he was on the show man yeah. it was his first podcast so you know and he wow. we were talking all kinds of, but yeah he just blew us away and we, we got to meet him out in la for uh, just an incredible kid man just an incredible kid but um yeah. yeah, he's
1: very professional, and he was always really prepared. He really sweet kid, and uh, I was glad I got to meet him. And we're friends on Twitter. Yeah, we'll we message each other and, uh, you know, on the public forum and retweet and all that. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Riley and Spencer. And Robbers, <laughs> I remember. It was like 20 years, 25 years ago we did a little indie film together, and uh, it was called Robbers. Yeah, That's yeah. That's where we met. I mean, the awesome. best friends ever since
0: <laughs> well <laughs> and know? apparently he's trying to play catch up with you is what he said because he's getting ready to do a little stint on goliath and he said you just slayed it you know when oh, your appearance on there so he's trying to catch up yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, that was you know what i'm going to give you a little quick anecdote about goliath billy bob thornton that's another guy who is completely genuine so nice, great to the crew, one of the guys,
0: awesome, very
1: relaxed, but also very professional, and demands everyone to be so as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he just like, doesn't demand it, he expects it, let me put it that way. There you yeah. go, yeah. And, uh, yeah, demand sounds like a negative word, but he's just a super professional, great guy. And one of the most relaxed actors I've ever worked with, him, and I loved working with him on that season one. I just watched the most recent season two, and it was uh, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it's a great show, man, and I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Ned is, is is again one of you just knock it out of the park, dude. It's like every every appearance <laughs> you do, it's like this character is just like okay, this this is like unreal. I haven't seen this before. It, it's so good, wow. dude. It's a, but I'm gonna I'm nice gonna be cut. honest with you, man. my my favorite My favorite character by far is Human Target, Martin Gleason. I mean, the way you protected yeah, the oh goldfish, bro. <laughs> That's a deep cut. We call that a deep cut. That's right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man! We've had both Autumn and uh, Mark Valley on the show, also, and and it, so to have all three y'all on, it's like you know that's pretty, pretty epic, good. for yeah. for one episode. That's pretty epic, yeah. yeah. Yes, Autumn,
1: amazing, and Mark and I became friends from that too. He's a great guy, so smart and uh, great actor, ex-military guy, like mm-hmm. really, really nice. Um, that's funny, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was directed by John Tassar, who's gone on to do incredible things. Uh, he was, he was one of the producers on 24. Yep. Yep. He's a really, really bright guy. And they had, they had a really nice budget on that show. We were doing all sorts of stunts and running around Mark and I and, uh, shut that up in vancouver well thank you for saying
0: that man not a lot of people bring up human target but I, i'll take it no thank yeah you. dude i i'm a now it's on dc universe so you can watch it you know it was only two seasons but i thought it was a great show i told mark i th- i was just a huge fan and i just it was well, great what is it on? Uh, it's DC on dc universe? universe the streaming service from uh, dc that? comics yeah it's fantastic both seasons oh, man where
1: do you get that that's like another app that
0: you download, like Hulu yep. or uh, Amazon? Yep, exactly. Oh, and what do they have on there, like The Flash? Oh, dude, they have, it. like, so all all of the DC Comics movies, they've got uh, original shows, uh, Titans, Doom Patrol, all kinds of stuff, man. Plus... Oh, yeah, Titans. Oh, yeah, dude. I've been
1: reading about
0: Titans. That's a big show. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, both are phenomenal, Doom Patrol and Titans, but that's where it's at, and you're on there, bro. You're on there with Human Target, man. Nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the goldfish. Right, and the goldfish. <laughs> Don't forget him. <laughs> no, you can't forget him, man. That's awesome. Okay, so we want to talk about Marvel because, like I said, we've been really fortunate enough to have Akira Akbar from you know Captain Marvel and and Amy Rutberg from Daredevil and like all these amazing people. And the one thing that they always tell us. So we want to know if it's the same with you. The audition process was like this covert, top secret. They went and had to audition, in, but they had no idea what they were auditioning for, and it was like in a room kind of a thing. Was it the same way with Runaways? Were you aware of or told what it was? or
1: um, Sort of, yes. I had heard it was... Gosh, I don't even remember. I just auditioned one time, because I had already... I already knew Josh uh, Schwartz. We had worked together on uh,
0: Chuck. <laughs> there Chuck. you go, Chuck, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I had done an episode of Chuck, and I knew Josh, and they knew me, And uh, but I did go in and read with the cast director Patrick Rush, and it, they were kind of like dummy sides, yes, so they weren't actual sides from the material. I had heard it was Marvel, but I didn't know really much else. Then, no, actually I think they told me the title. It wasn't I don't think ours was a secret as everybody else's, but we didn't get the script so I had to kind of agree to do it without right having read anything. So but I assumed my agent and I discussed it and he was like, Look, it's Josh Wartz's seventy Savage Fake Empire and it's, it's a marvel and it's based on the on this comic, The Runaways and uh, you know, it's gonna be great and so I thought, All right, well, and then I looked at my character Dale Yorks in the comic, and he's like six feet tall. Long, <laughs> with mustache. And I was like, "Hey, the fans are going to kill me! I don't look anything like this guy." And then uh, there then they, Josh was like, "Oh, don't worry about it. Just be fine. You do your own thing." And it's not like that iconic of a character. I think only certain people know, right, or knew of the run. I mean, it was a big cult, you know, the Brian K. Bond comic, like huge following. Right? It's not like Superman or, or somebody.
0: I don't know, dude. I, I'm a comic book geek, and, and I was thrilled when they announced it, so yeah. But I, I just think you killed the character, bro. It was awesome. The whole chemistry between the entire cast is fantastic. Agreed. Um And a huge fan of the show. Yeah. Major disappointed that it's not continuing. Um, especially when know, you guys right? do the crossover with Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, Every, was really everybody good. was like super stoked for that. And then it, both of them were announced to not go forward, and I was really disappointed.
1: Yeah, I think it was not necessarily any personal about those shows. I think um, what I understand they're just kind of, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say getting rid of but uh, I think all of the Marvel shows are done.
0: Right, right. Because, right. I mean, yeah. I guess they've consolidated yeah. down now. And uh, have you talked to uh, Kevin Feige? Is, I mean, is there any word about bringing y'all possibility into the other side of it? Or, like, are you guys just... No. no?
1: I did, we did fist bump at the Black Panther premiere, but that was it. Only a fist bump. Um, <laughs> we did not discuss the future. And this was prior to us knowing that the show was ending, but what I understand is he's now taking over the, the Marvel television department and he's uh, I guess going to just develop shows right. based on characters that are in the cinematic universe uh,
2: Yeah. so yeah.
1: you know it's, it's, it's too bad I mean it, it's a great group and I think they could have gone on to tell great stories with the kids and use the parents you know, spiro- uh, you know periodically or whatever they wanted to do um, yeah I think that uh, I, the cast was amazing I mean you know, first of all, all those kids who played The Runaways, they were so good. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Cast. And, I, and Allegra and um, Ariella, I, I honestly, you know, felt very paternal with them, like like they were my kids. And I had two girls, two daughters, and brought them on set, and they were, all, they were so nice. I was like, look at all my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful group of people. And I, I was disappointed, and I think that it's unfortunate, but we had three great seasons, and all of those young actors are going to go on to have great careers. And, you know, what are you going to do? You just kind of move on to the next, right?
0: That's it. But That's it is it. weird.
1: It's weird that they, that they just... Got rid of all these Marvel shows. There's, I mean, there's so many good ones that people
0: love. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, man. And and then they they took it and they popped it up on Disney Plus too. So now yeah. it's like you can watch it on Hulu and Disney Plus. So I don't know. At least yeah. everybody can see it. So that's good. Yes, and that's kind of when we were talking before we started recording about Alias, and uh, when it was on Netflix for a little
1: while, I was getting a lot of younger uh, you know people messaging me that they had discovered it and. I just think it's great with streaming, Disney Plus people can discover the show. Now, like a lot of my uh, daughter's friends in her middle school are just now watching uh, The Runaways on on Disney+,
0: Plus and it's great. I'm like John Lennon when I show up to pick up my daughter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic. How you doing, kids? How you doing? Yeah. I, I, love, I love all the, the, the name drops of the of the older stuff, man. It makes me so happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, John Lennon, who's that? Oh, yeah. that's a Beatle. Uh, Rogan's like, who's John Lennon? <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> he, was a, he was in a band. He was in a band. That's man. right. That's Once a upon a time. Once upon a time. <laughs> you were in a band, uh, apparently, right? Called Train wreck. Yeah. So yeah, dude. Yeah, that's pretty you know, interesting. Uh, you guys know tenacious D? Exactly. Yes, yeah, of course. Kyle Gas.
1: That's right. Good, good friend and little side project when he was in his downtime from uh, from the D. And uh, yeah, I love playing the drums. It's a lot of fun. I've got a little studio at my house. And that's there. cool. Oh yeah, we we toured and they still Kyle still plays. He's got another band called the Kyle Gas Band, but. I wasn't really able to tour; just wasn't available. Um, so I, I hung up my my drumsticks. But I do make with that band. But I do make some special appearances in and around LA. So I encourage everyone to follow me online on Instagram, and uh, I will post about the next uh, train wreck. Uh, oh, reunion show.
0: that's going to be epic! We'll definitely make sure to tell everybody where to follow you, and too. Um, so. <laughs> let's let's go back a little bit because uh, you bring up the music and and the stuff like that. How did you get started in the industry? Like was it something that you just kind of always knew that you wanted to do? Be involved in theater and film and television? or was there a music dream? or were you gonna go on the road with the band? or like how did it all get started, man? Well, I did
1: play. Uh, I loved uh, performing at a young age. Um, you know, and I did plays at my uh, grammar school and middle school. Um, and then when I got to high school here in LA, I started uh, competing in these drama festivals where you would do Shakespearean pieces and contemporary plays against other kids from other schools. And I started doing pretty well with those. Started uh, w- winning some awards. You do scenes from these plays, like either a monologue or two person scene or a group scene. Right. And I was like, Wow, this is really fun. And I really enjoy it. And um, I just enjoyed the storytelling, and I enjoyed. Reading these plays, and then I applied to UCLA Theater School and uh, started a theater company there. While I was there, I got into the, to the theater school uh, with some contemporaries that have all gone into to do really well. Awesome! And we started performing in and around the LA area. After graduation, I moved to New York and studied a theater called Circle in the Square Theater out there for about a, uh, a short period of time, and came back to LA. And I was doing a play with my theater company, Buffalo Nights Theater Company, and an agent uh, at the time saw me in one of the plays. She was an agent of one of the uh, actors that we hired, and she ended up representing me, and her co-agent is still my agent to this day, 25 years later. Wow, awesome. Uh, yeah, so once they started representing me, which was just from seeing me in this, in this play called Sophistry by the great young writer, Jonathan Mark Sherman, and it was about these kids graduating from college and uh, the abyss that you feel once you graduate college. <laughs> You'll see, Logan. <laughs> ah,
2: that's
0: <laughs> the, so true. The early
1: 20s. The early twenty. you know, when you're just trying to figure everything out, it's just a great play. And I, the, the part that I played, the play had been done in New York at the Malaparte Theater Company, with, uh, which was Ethan Hawke's company, and my part was played by Steve Zahn, a great actor, and oh, yeah. I... Yeah, you know Steve, and a very funny part, and so I got a lot of attention for it, and got this agent, and then I, I started. Um, they started sending me out on auditions, and I got this movie right away. I got a part on Fraser, That was one of my first parts. Oh, um, epic, um, epic! Seriously. You remember Frasier? I had, like two lines.
3: Yeah. I said, painter number two. Painter number two. <laughs> Nineteen
1: ninety-four, and then I went to Australia to do this movie. Called Beverly Hills Family Robinson, which was like a take, uh, you know, a remake of Swiss Family Robinson. Sure. With uh, D- Diane Cannon and Sarah Michelle Gellar, pre Buffy, pre Buffy. <laughs> and uh, then I came back and I got uh, cast in this uh, TV show called Polly with Polly Shore. Yeah. The- show.
0: Yeah. It was-
1: remember that I but do we
0: remember did. that.
1: We were, can- we were canceled after 5 episodes, but <laughs> yeah. it was on.
0: But it was on exactly. <laughs> Paulie Shore, man. on YouTube. Wow, yeah. yeah. Paul Shore, great
1: guy.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Great
1: guy, the nicest. And hey, he's still out there touring. We're still friends. And that was uh that kind of helped get me in the industry like, oh, he can be a series regular on a show. And then I just started doing pilots. I worked on uh on some pilots that didn't go and then uh I did an episode of Felicity where I met JJ. Yep. And then I did X Files, which kind of got me some attention. Uh, great episode with uh, Will Will Sasso, directed by none other than Vince Gilligan. It was yeah. his first director.
0: Oh wow! Writer. Okay.
1: Yeah. And he uh, really nice. And then uh, I remember my manager called me and she's like, "Hey, JJ wants to see you for this show he's doing called Alias." and part was written for this guy in his mid-40s, uh, and I was 29 at the time, 28, mm-hmm. mid-40s, um, you know, heavy set, Molly Crew t-shirt, ponytail,
0: you know. <laughs> it screams you. Like, I-, I can see why JJ yeah. called. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I'm none of these things. And I guess just go in, go in, and this is a lesson. Actors like, they never know exactly what they want. Like, it- just go in and do your thing. Yep. And, um, and I did. I ended up getting the part, which is amazing. And then things kind of just took off from there, you know, because that show was on for five years. And I remember going to the to the and all during this time, I was doing theater with my theater company and staying sharp. And because as an actor, even when you're working, there's definite downtime, and I really just wanted to keep working, keep getting better as an actor. So we did, did a, you know countless plays in in L.A. And then I ended up working with uh, Mark Taper Forum and La Merata Theater and the Geffen and some other larger theaters, but. You know that show. I remember going to the to the pilot, you know, a screening with my agent. And after it was done, we turned to each other. And we were like, "Holy shit, that was good!"
0: Because
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was only in like one scene in the pilot, but I mean, that's an incredible pilot. Was yeah. Like,
0: this oh this yeah. Amazing. I can't believe I'm in this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and, and and like you said, five years, man, and uh, it was just it, it literally like a small film every week. It I mean the, the stuff that, that they put yeah. together in that show was incredible.
1: Yeah, and it was shot on film. Yep. Speaking of film, it we was shot on 35, and uh, it was just at the beginning of like high def, so they would kind of frame stuff in the third season, and then I remember the GP saying, hey, look at the framing here. We're, do- we're doing it in standard and high def. I was like, what? What's mm-hmm. that? Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this was like 2003, 2004. And, um, yeah, I mean, those were incredible actors. Like, being from the theater, you, uh, you're great theater actors, Victor Garber and Ron Rifkin. Oh, probably. yeah yeah I was like this is amazing I'm part of this and you know you had to bring your A game it was like one of those things where you had to show up ready to go because these were some like Billy Bob these were people that that really demanded in a good way like just like professionalism. Yeah, so, so yeah. that—that's how I learned to be professional and to like always be ready to go. <laughs> I do see some younger actors that aren't as you know prepared sometimes, and it and it and it does it does raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely, yeah, I can see. Show. Yeah, yeah
3: show sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's
1: like, hey, there's a lot of other actors who would love to be in your position, so. To be, you know, respectful of what we're doing
3: here. Exactly, exactly. Well, consulting the IMDb Bible a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw that you worked with Kevin Smith in Clerks 2. What was that like? He's a personal idol of mine, so what was that like? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I get recognized for that so much. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, because I think
1: like you, there's so many people. Usually it's like the valet guys hell yeah (laughs) Yeah.
3: i understand i see where you're going i see where you're going (laughs) the
1: guy the the guy my daughter's skateboard so we go to the skate shop i'm a big big
0: hit yeah Uh, but dude again it was another character that's just unforgettable i mean come on now yeah well i was so i was so surprised that i got that call because kevin was a fan
1: of alias and so they just, my agent just called me and like, hey, Kevin Smith wants you to be in his film. I was like, what?
2: That's <laughs> crazy.
1: <laughs> okay. And, uh, he was so super cool. And he knew, he knew Jack and Kyle. So we kind of had that connection too. I think he had come to see Drain, And, um, you know, he was one of those guys that was behind the monitor. I mean, it was all, it was pretty much scripted, but I would improvise a little bit. He would just yell stuff out, yell lines out. He was just writing, writing, writing. And, um, it was kind of like high like pressure but also like really fun yeah that's you know I mean? awesome like we were, yeah it was cool like he was another guy that just was like let's just do it let's have fun let's find something let's find it you know so it, it, he's a cool guy well I only worked on that one day but that scene has become kind of
3: iconic oh right. definitely. seriously, <laughs> definitely yeah, the battle between Star
1: Wars and Lord of the Rings I
0: know
1: they're another one I
2: think but I haven't gotten the call yet Kevin well
0: you know I was going to say he's doing a lot of DC stuff lately popping up in the old Arrowverse maybe you jump ship from Marvel to DC and you show up on like Supergirl or or Flash
1: man hey listen can someone call Kevin
3: (laughs) 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 we're going to tweet it like crazy that's right man that's right tweet it like crazy You tweet it, and then I will
1: retweet
2: it.
3: I, there you go. All
1: the people, everyone will retweet it, and then hopefully you'll
2: get it. Yeah, that'd be so epic. I can send
1: him a message too, but then that's that's a little desperate.
0: Okay? Uh, we'll we'll be desperate for you. Okay, it's gonna be no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be all right. We will take all of that. It is completely fine, <laughs> man. It'll oh, be like done.
1: secret desperation. That's right. Yeah, we'll that's try. right.
0: Epic. And always.
1: My daughter, my daughter just sent me a little video of me throwing up.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, how did you find that? She's
0: like, way online. I don't know. But uh, speaking but, uh, of though, what do you have coming up? What you got in the works, man?
1: Uh, well, I got something coming up that I can't talk about, but I got something some some brewing.
0: Uh, all right. That well, you know good. what that means, Kevin. You just have to come back on again and exactly. tell us when <laughs> when you're able to tell us. <laughs> yeah,
1: something brewing, and then uh, uh, also doing some writing. Kyle and I have a production company. Kyle Gas and I. Right. we're uh we're developing some things as well awesome and uh yeah just try to get into a little bit more creating producing uh writing as well with kyle and some other really talented people that i know but as an actor yes i do have something in the works but uh, that's all i can say all right fair and, enough and fair enough i hear through the i hear through the grapevine that kevin smith is interested in working with me again that's yeah, awesome. yeah, oh, yeah no no
0: that's, <laughs> right. that's
1: right a few, a few <laughs> seconds ago someone told
2: me that's, that's so right it definitely so definitely
0: was, gonna happen <laughs> Look, I want to bring yeah. up, too, before before we get you out of here, I do want to bring up because you're huge into doing a lot of charity work as well. And I really yeah, wanted to bring right. that up because, uh, you know, so much respect for that. All of us here involved, we, we, we just we really believe in that and giving back to others. And, and and when you're in a position to be able to do that. So talk about that a little bit. I mean, you, you take every opportunity for the golf and poker, right? Yeah,
1: well, first of all, you know, it's the kind of thing like when you watch Robert De Niro talking about politics and then people say like, well, hey, you're an actor, you show about politics, but it's like, his response is, well, no, I'm a citizen, and I just happen to have a platform, so I'm going to use that platform to tell you how much I dislike a certain member of our... (laughs) <laughs>
0: Government. Yeah, kind of an orange <laughs> yeah. fella, maybe you yeah. know. Yeah, With bump, you yeah know. there
1: With bump you go. <laughs> um, and uh, so my attitude is like, hey, I'm I'm in this you know position where some people know who I am, and and if I can make a difference just by showing up to an event or um, you know tweeting about a donation. Or, or letting people know. I mean, I'm a vegan. I, be, I believe in animal animal rights. I believe in environmental rights. I'm, I'm, it's very important to me. So I get that message out and. I also have a, uh, a nephew who has Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a devastating disease, but they're making strides. I yep. um, uh, So I have an organization called DMD Fund, and uh, that I sit on the board of. I mean, there's many people involved in the organization. Or Cure um, Duchenne is another great uh, organization for people to check out. So you know, listen, I'm not really. I'm playing golf. I'm playing poker. I'm, I'm sending some tweets, and I'm I'm going out there and going to, going to events. I mean. I'm just doing my part as a citizen of the world and and I mean we all should do it right we all should contribute but I just feel like especially people that have any sort of public, public eye you know we should try to get back as much as they can so that's my attitude so i get out there so if you got
0: anything going on let me know oh dude absolutely man and much respect like i said you know we it just goes back to the kind of individual you are the kind of person you are so much respect for that yeah seriously well
1: thanks man and i'm happy for you guys doing this i always appreciate people that get out there you know do what they care about what they love so I'm glad I got
0: to jump on and talk to you. Oh, dude, absolutely, man, and we couldn't be more happy to have you on. And like I said, we know all the listeners are going to love it. So we got to tell everybody though. Make sure to tell everybody where can they follow you on what social media platforms. Oh, yeah. We got to make sure they do. You
1: can follow me at Dustin's Crazy
0: Ant. <laughs> Appreciate What's that. that called again? Uh, crazy yeah, Mar- Crazy, Mar- crazy Mar- Ant Media, Mar- man. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. That's me.
1: Uh, no, I'm just my name. Yeah, Kevin Wiseman uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. You know, it's all awesome. It's all just, just my full name. So come say hi. They all do anyway. All the Scorpion fans con- constantly say hello to me.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah I bet. I bet, man. They're, they've already told us they're going to promote the hell out of this interview. So, yeah. yeah, you'll be good to go, man. Well,
1: I just want to say thank you to uh,
0: the Scorpion fans,
1: the Marvel fans, the Aliens fans, the Human Targets fans. There you uh, go. No fans. There's a lot of them. And just uh, uh, I appreciate it. You know, it's really interesting because when I started, there was no social media. Now there isn't great to hear from people you know I I really do appreciate all, all the love out there so thanks
0: everybody (laughs) <laughs> well and thank you you know vice versa you, you are that guy that takes the time to respond to people on yeah. social media and like their stuff and I mean that goes a long way my friend and thank you so much for coming on dude we, we really appreciate it and, and we couldn't be more thrilled to have you on as a guest alright thank you
1: man you should reach out to Robert Patrick he'd probably
0: do this right oh yeah dude I mean, we'll definitely know. do that definitely do that
1: right. yeah he's a good guy he's nice to talk to him awesome. alright you guys I'm gonna jump off take care
0: yep
3: thank take you, care man. now have a good night you bye